What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, and this is the Wolf of All Streets podcast. Today's guest is the CEO and co-founder of Bitwage, the most popular payroll and invoicing services company that provides digital asset solutions around the world. The most early adopters in the crypto space simply purchase crypto and decide to stick around because the number went up. What makes today's guest special is that he was not only early, but decided to build in the space long before the promise of mass adoption. His visions come to life and is helping people around the world get paid in Bitcoin with over $100 million in transactions under his belt. It's my goal in this episode to better understand the growing demand for crypto payments and how we can reach mainstream adoption. Jonathan Chester, thank you so much for coming on, on the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. This episode is sponsored by Voyager and Sovereign. Stay tuned for more information on both later in the episode. So once again, you're listening to the Wolf of Wall Street's podcast, which airs twice a week. And I talk to your favorite personalities from the worlds of Bitcoin finance, trading, art, music, sports, and politics. The show is powered by Blockworks Group, a media company with over 20 podcasts in their network. Check them out at blockworksgroup.io. And if you like the podcast, follow me on Twitter, check out my website, and join my newsletter. You can do both of those things at thewolfofallstreets.io. So now to get on to what is more important. So I touched on in the intro, you were very early. And not only were you one of the people who was early and just sort of bought it on a whim, you had clearly a, a pretty strong belief because you started building a company. So can you tell me, I guess, briefly your, your Bitcoin story, how you discovered it, why you were so passionate about it? Yeah. And, and just to touch on being early, I mean, when I joined, I thought I was kind of late to the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I'm in, now I'm in my, my, I guess when I came in was right, right before a bull cycle. Um, and now I guess I'm in my third bull cycle. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, how did I get started? I was uh, working sales at Oracle um, and it was, it was a bit mind numbing of a, of a job um, to, to work for such a large corporation. Um, and uh, so I, I decided I want to learn more about the world. And I, I did all sorts of research and, and I came across a TED talk about the future of money. And, and Bitcoin was, was, a, was about half of that episode. I was intrigued, uh, especially around things like serving the unbanked, uh, more efficient, uh, you know, cross-border transactions and, and self-sovereignty, right, uh, of money. And, and so I decided to go down the, the rabbit hole, spent like a month just pretty much doing nothing but reading about Bitcoin. Uh, and, I, and I came out this obsessed Bitcoin guy, right? Um, and at the time, you know, being an obsessed Bitcoin guy is not like a, a, a cool thing, right? It's like, who is this weird dude talking about magic internet money? Is he into drugs or something like that, right? That's what, that's what, uh, that's what people thought back then because you, you only heard about, you know, drugs and hacking when it came to, to Bitcoin back then. It was a much worse um, persona. Anyways, there was another guy at Oracle who was, uh, you know, a, a technical consultant uh, who was also an obsessed Bitcoin guy. And we got together uh, because people were like, you guys are, are both, you know, crazy wackos. You should know each other, right? And so we got together and, you know, at, at the time, you know, it was 2013, um, there, 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 there was no like Ethereum, you know, the concept of smart contracts existed, but, you know, not, not to the same degree as it was today. So when you were thinking about you know, okay, this is a revolutionary technology, right? How do you, how do you, how do you get into this sort of thing? It, it was all Bitcoin. I mean, there were altcoins, but really it was all Bitcoin. Um, and, and so we started to look at what, uh, what exists in the ecosystem, right? There were exchanges and wallets way for retail people to essentially buy and, and hold 
hold their cryptocurrency. There were merchant processing, so you could spend your Bitcoin, but there was no way for you know companies to essentially take that Bitcoin and, and, and pay it directly to, to individuals. There was no payroll, uh, Bitcoin payroll at all. So we're like, okay, well, we need to, there, there needs to be a way to close the financial loop. Without this, um, you know, Bitcoin will not be able to actually exist in its own ecosystem. So that was sort of the ethos that we, that we, first, that we first came up with, right? And we decided to go down. And what we ended up creating is a, uh, a, um, two main products. One is for companies that want to offer the ability to pay their employees in Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies, stable coins, or cross border in their own fiat currency, you know, sure. using it as a, a way to move money faster, cheaper. Another is for the same exact use cases, but for the worker whose company doesn't want to sign up, let's say you work for Google or for Facebook or, or, or whoever, you can sign up, we give you a direct deposit account, you give that to your employer, and then we can pay you, you know, in, 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 pretty much globally uh, in, in the crypto or, or fiat currency that we offer of, of your choice. Um, and, you know, that's, that's how, how we got started and, and, and where we are today. So what strikes me as interesting, though, is that... Um... You know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, of mm -hmm. course, and so now it seems like a completely reasonable uh, business. Everybody knows about Bitcoin. It's start starting to reach mainstream adoption. But in two thousand thirteen, it's like the equivalent of saying I'm going to do payroll for what they would have said then was tulips or Pokemon cards or Beanie Babies or something, right? Because it wasn't taken seriously, and there probably weren't that many people. I mean, you're talking about an extremely niche business. So, yeah. in your mind, were you trying to service? the people that were already into it? Or did you have a grander vision that, you know, 2021, the world is talking about Bitcoin and it's $40,000 and corporations and institutions are here? Yeah, I mean, my vision was that Bitcoin was the future, right? And, and you gotta understand that, that when I first got into this, I mean, Bitcoin went from $200 to $1,000, which right. now is, doesn't mean anything. But, but back then this was like insane, like, holy shit, Bitcoin is going to the moon. Right. Um, and and so that I had a lot of validation in that moment. Right. Um, and that validated sort of my belief that Bitcoin was the future and that it, even if it didn't become the world reserve currency, it would be a major part of financial systems uh, around the world. So my vision was that um, in terms of, you know, we, we, you know, built our direct deposit solution and our payroll solution both work for the unbanked. So so we were actually one of the first ways for unbanked people to, to get into the ecosystem. Um, unbanked people didn't really end up using us that much. It turns out that, that you know, these people were, were not educated enough on, on crypto. So what we ended up doing is essentially catering to the, the people that, that knew about Bitcoin, um, but you know, needed a, a, an easier way or more flexible way to, to get Bitcoin through their, their payroll or cross borders, right? Um, so, so while there, you know, it, it also one of the things that I, I really like about Bitcoin is how fast it, it moved. Right. Um, so I had this idea very early on of the concept of real-time payroll where people could basically just get paid like as they work. Um, I found out that while there is a technical issue there, um, that, that Bitcoin solves, there's another huge issue that Bitcoin doesn't solve, um, which is cash flow. Companies live on cash flow. They just right. can't. Some, some, some literally can't actually pay payroll uh, until the day of payroll. 
Um, so, so that, that particular functionality didn't, didn't, didn't catch on. Um, but you know, uh, in general, I think that what we're doing here and what we're doing now is creating the bridge between, you know, companies and their workforces. And when I say workforces, we we've grown, it could be employees, it could be freelancers, contractors, even like, you know, vendors that, that can all receive money, uh, through our system. Um, and, and we've, you know, created the, the, the easiest and most flexible system for, for these guys to, to, you know, have a, a crypto fiat gateway there. What if someone wants, you know, a fraction of their paycheck in Bitcoin and the rest of their paycheck in dollars, sort of like they want a dollar cost average, like it's a yeah. 401k or something like that. They just want to view it as like a little bit being put away, you know, as a savings account. Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. And I should mention that we do have a beta 401k solution. It, it has to be offered through your employer. You can't just have a 401k, unfortunately. Um, but if the company wants to offer it, we, we have, we have the solution for that. Um, it, it, it is in beta though. Um, the, the, in, in terms of the percentage, I mean, that's how it works. You know, uh, most people are getting five, 10, 15% of their, of their wages in Bitcoin. I think, you know, maybe $500 a month is, is, is pretty normal uh, yeah. for people, um, and um, and there there are two ways to accomplish this. Uh, one is you can go to your employer, and your employer often has the ability to to direct payroll to actually at, two, at least two different bank accounts. And the traditional sure. reason for that is I want some of my checking and some of my savings. Right. Um, and so instead of having sort of a, a normal savings, you would use our direct deposit account as like your Bitcoin savings, right? Uh, again. We're not custodying the money, though. You, you tell us the wallet. We, we want you to have self-sovereignty. We, we don't want to, like, have any perverse incentives to, 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 to have you sort of use a custodial wallet. So, so, you know, you put in your wallet, you get your 5, 10, 15, 20 percent, some people 100 um, percent. But uh, you can choose that percentage. The other way to do it is you can have the full direct deposit come to us and you can tell in our system what's the percent that you want. Oh, that's cool. They're, 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 um, because we, we'll do fiat. You could, so you you can send in. fiat to someone's bank account through your system effectively yeah. and then keep the Bitcoin percentage where it is. Yeah. How, how do you guys determine the going rate of Bitcoin at the exact moment of payroll? Yeah, I mean, we're basically just going to the, to the spot markets and we're, and we're, and we're, we're trying to, to, to get the rates that we can. Um, so... That's that. That's pretty much it. Is, is we're going to the spot markets and we're getting the rates and we're doing it, giving those to our, our customers. So obviously, 2020 was kind of the year of crypto, right? So I have to imagine that you saw an increase in interest. So you say you know $500 is a lot, but have you seen people sort of ramping up the percentage that's going into Bitcoin as um, we've sort of seen the insanity of monetary policy and fiscal policy and the COVID sort of uh, reaction in global markets. Are you seeing that now that maybe people want a little bit more of their money in Bitcoin? So uh, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, I think that what we're seeing is, is more people want it. Um, I think that the value of, of DCA is to not think about it. Right? right. So when people are using us, they're actually not thinking about it. I think that, that when people are reacting to, to the markets, um, you know, they're going and they're buying on an exchange, like a bulk buy, but they still have their DCA. They don't even really think about it. They're just like, you know, once every year, once every few years, they just like looking like, Oh, wow. Look at how much, how much, you know, 
uh, Bitcoin I accumulated. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. We, we actually had a, we actually had a customer recently, uh, reach out to us and they're like, Oh my God, like, like, I don't, I don't remember where, where my wallet is. And, you know, I, I, uh, and, and I, I did a little bit of, of research for this person. Um, you know, it turned out that this person had been sending it to a custodial wallet and, uh, I was able to essentially help, help him, help him figure out who that was and get them to recover their money. And, and they were using us since like 20, 2016, I think. So that was, money. was a good amount of money that, 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 that we helped them out with. But, um, uh, you know, and, and we pride ourselves with customers uh, on customer service. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a big thing that, that we pride ourselves on. So one of the biggest issues for anyone obviously exposed to cryptocurrency, especially in the United States is the tax implications of every single transaction, right? I mean, now we have great software and, you know, when I started, it was like a Google spreadsheet of death. Um, but, you know, now at least we have software, but what, what are the tax implications of receiving their paycheck and then converting to Bitcoin? Is there anything different or is it effectively, I mean, it's income, so it's income and it doesn't matter. And then there's a taxable transaction whenever you decide to sell it. Yeah. So the question is whether you're doing sort of a pre-tax or a, a, a post-tax transaction, right? So, so all of us is your, uh, we receive the money at the, at the net level. Um, I mean, there are certain use ca- certain cases that, that, that are, we have some exceptions to that, but in general, um, we are receiving the money uh, at the, uh, at the net paycheck level, which means that you've already had your income tax taken out, uh, of your paycheck and right. it comes to us and then, uh, and then it's converted to crypto and sent to you. So there's, there's no tax implication at that moment. Um, uh, the only tax implication that you're going to have is when you ultimately sell. sell Bitcoin. So, so there's nothing, there's nothing to worry about, but you know, luckily one of the things you can do is you can come to our site you can get the you know a history of all your transactions, and you know you'll you'll, you'll get your cost base. Yeah, download it. And, yeah, pulls into a CSV that you can use with any accounting software. So yeah, that's awesome. Have you had any of those moments where like the person gets paid, and by the time you can distribute, the price has changed thirty percent or something like that with crazy volatility? Well, you know, I think that I think that uh, you, the 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 longest amount of, of volatility time um, in the from 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 purchase to send is less than is less than an hour right um yeah, so, so. so you know you can you can do your own math i mean I, bitcoin does not move 30 percent in an hour it just doesn't no, i mean it, no. it uh it takes it takes an entire like yesterday was like a pretty big exception where it moved 20 percent over the course of the day but that was not that was not in an hour and in general the crashes don't do that i mean in general you're you're looking more at like five percent right swings maybe a 10 percent swing over the course of a day you know and when you're th- you know when, you, when you're looking at like oh my god in a week it lost 25 percent it didn't all happen in a day it usually it usually happens over several days right, right? of course um, yeah. so you, you guys made really big news lately um sequoia right yeah. so they're now using you to allow their employees to receive payments in bitcoin correct i mean how big is that for your business yeah, I mean it's 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 very exciting uh, that that Sequoia Holdings are are using us. Um, they they're doing they're they're getting a lot of press around it. Uh, I mean I'm mostly excited for them, right? I mean they're yeah. they're making a bold, new, innovative step uh, to to you know essentially educate new people um, on 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 Bitcoin, right? People now have the option to get Bitcoin, and because they're using us, they're also getting learning about best practices about 
you know, being their own sovereign wallet holder, they're in custodying their own funds. So I think that these are these are important steps for mass adoption in general. Um, that that you have more mainstream, not uh, you know, non crypto companies that are that are sure. offering this. Um, I think that this is a, a big deal. I'm really curious with something like that. Do you perceive it as there's a demand from their employees? Like they just ask enough that finally the company's like, all right, man, we'll pay you in Bitcoin. Or do you think that the company is really forward thinking and they're trying to get out ahead of something that they see being a trend in the future? My perception I mean, is that with a lot of hedge funds and Wall Street firms, they address Bitcoin when enough of their like customers bother them about it, right? And probably uh, not otherwise. Yeah. So, so, so just to touch on the second, on the second subject, you know, one of our investors, Tim Draper, I was talking to him recently and he was saying, you know, for the hedge funds and, and the guys who are, who are getting into this, that, um, that they're, they're, a lot of them are actually looking at this as a, a hedge against the inflation of the US dollar sure. and that the narrative has changed from, you know, I can't have this in my portfolio to maybe I need to consider this or I need to have it to hedge against dollar inflation. Right. And that, that's a story that, that, uh, he's hearing from from you know his, thank his you Michael Saylor right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but um, but uh, the the first question is you know who who's driving this and and the answer is both the answer is both um, so uh, some sometimes it's going to be the sort of the decision makers who are being visionary uh, on the subject and they're like. We want to we want to offer this, and we want to you know make sure that that everyone has an opportunity to to get part of their wage in Bitcoin because maybe they believe that you know uh, it, people need to get more upside uh, in their in their salary. You know, people dollar cost average their wealth through dollars. They should also sure. do it through 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 Bitcoin with their salary. Um, the and, and then there's also a path where, where uh, enough employees are, are asking for it. And so then, and so then the, the employees um, uh, get, the, get the companies to come on board. And yeah, I mean, that's... that's um, so you talked about when you started, it, you know, price went from $200 to $1,000. That gave you sort of uh, the, the reinforcement that you needed, that it was a good idea, but we all know what happens next in Bitcoin, right? It goes up five times and it goes down 90%. So it went back to what, $100, you know, after Mt. Gox and, and that. So I guess the, the long-winded question to that is, did you ever lose that belief when the reinforcement that you got from price became somewhat prohibitive as price went down and could have reinforced it the other way? Um, so what, what a, so, so I always, you know, how felt pretty strongly about Bitcoin. But, but what, what I've really found is that um, bull runs tend to happen uh, right around the time when, when, when you have uh, disbelief starting to, to, to take over. Um, sure. I think that, I think that, that disbelief is, is, is normal. You know, everyone has, even the, the, the most bullish of people, but they, they remember the fundamentals, you know? They remember that the fundamentals are sound, and unless the fundamentals break, there's no reason for 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 Bitcoin to go away, um, and um, and that's why people stay, right? The fundamentals of self-sovereign money, the fundamentals of how the consensus algorithm works, you know, the the, the fund, it, you know, a, a double spend 
like, uh, you know, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday, um, you know, the double spend that did not happen. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't actually break fundamentals. I mean, uh, some people on our team actually think that this was uh, almost like uh, people on Wall Street wanting to to blow it out of proportion so they could buy a dip, right? <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. I think we're seeing that. I you know I write a newsletter every day and I talk about it on Twitter. But it's all the bad like fud. You know, anyone who doesn't know fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It always comes in waves, like all at the same time. Yep. Janet Yellen is saying that it's for criminals, but then she revises her statement a few days later. And the double spend, which is not even factual at all. I mean, you just hear it over and over. It's like always five, six things at a time. And now that we know that Wall Street is actually here and wants to buy, they don't want to buy higher, right? So, I mean, it's not a crazy, it's not a crazy assertion to think that there's, you know, a bit of coordinated negativity at times. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, Maybe we haven't seen that from Wall Street, but we definitely have seen that from China, right? I mean, the, the coordinated, the co- the coordinated uh, uh, negativity has has been coming out of China at very opportune times, you know, in the in the past. So, um, you know, it, we know it's happening in China. It's probably now happening here, right? <laughs> um, I mean, how many times has China banned crypto since you've been in it? Endless, endless. China and India always seem to be banning or embracing crypto at any given moment, and you can't tell which one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, j- j- just going back, one of the things that was happening after 2017, and a lot of people kept on thinking in 2018 that oh, it's going to turn around, it's going to turn around. And part of my belief of of it of it not turning around is that there's just too much belief in it turning around, like too many people who don't understand fundamentals that are, are saying it's going to turn around. And it was, uh, it was only when I, 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 there was despair in that group of people who basically didn't know anything about crypto, right. uh, who started forgetting about it. And that's when, uh, you know, the next sort of ride came up. That being said, I think that right now I'm still very bullish, right? Um, I think that the, the main trigger right now has been uh, dollar inflation. That sure. while goods and good purchasing goods and services may not have gone up that much. I mean, maybe it's like eggs and milk have gone up. Um, but but what, where you're really losing your purchasing power is in assets. All the assets. I mean, the stock is this. Are all these stocks really adding hmm. so much value that the stock market has has gone up, been going up like crazy? I, I don't think so. I think that this is actually a way for people to store their money to store their value. And that's why all the assets are going up. And that's why Bitcoin's going up because people are storing their value as a hedge against the dollar, which is a, sort of a new phenomenon, I think. Right, and if you said that in 2000 or 2013 or 14, you were the, the crazy guy in the corner who was talking to himself and singing Whitney Houston songs, right? <laughs> and okay, now we're normal, right? Now, <laughs> but do, do, do you think, and we've all seen it, right? There, I mean, the endless money printing I don't care who you are, you notice that and have to think, hmm, this doesn't make much sense, right? But do you think, and you would know, do you think that your average person is finally getting that message or do you think that it's still a select few that are really interesting, interested in you know, hedging against dollar inflation? I think more and more people are looking at it that way. Um, there are some people, I mean, there, there's like a new like uh, economic theory that, um, Printing money doesn't matter as long as people are willing to buy buy the dollar. 
Um, right. So, so you do have people that are like that. Um, yeah. and, and they're, they're not seeing, they're not seeing this, right. They're just like, the government's job is to print the money. Right. Um, but, but in general, I think that, that, uh, most people, maybe they don't totally see, oh, inflation, but they see, oh, stock prices are rising, right? Oh, real estate is rising. Yeah. And I don't have a job, but stock and, prices and I don't are have a up. job. How, how, how can this be? Right. Um, and I think that's that's sort of where it clicks because you know maybe 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 stock and and and, and real estate feel out of out of reach, but you know getting you know some dollar amounts of Bitcoin is actually it, it's it's not only um, easy to do now with systems like Bitwage where you can get your paycheck in it, but the entire community you know is 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 trying to be as welcoming as possible. I mean, you know, you everyone's just trying to educate and and help. Which is which is an amazing thing, you know. And, and it feels like an out of control train at this point. Like there's no stopping the printing, right? So I mean, this this can only go in one direction, in my opinion. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they'll they'll, they'll slow down at some point. Um, I think that the I think that the you know some some major tipping point could happen where um, people. We, I I think that the major crisis. Uh, financial crisis, if money keeps on getting printed and debt keeps on going up, it's going to be um, like uh, the, the government uh, defaulting on treasury bills, right? That's going right. to be like the huge thing that's going to shake the world, right? Is this thing that's supposed to be the lowest risk asset. And people don't even understand what treasury bills are. They're just this like low risk asset that, that the government gives you. But it's yeah. the debt, right? That is the debt. The treasury bills are the debt. So, um, and if the debt is increasing, um, the, 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 the interest that that's owed is increasing. So at some point, you know, what if the interest is higher than the money that you're, you're, you're getting on, uh, in taxes? I mean, that's, that's like a, the huge reckoning. We're close. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're close to negative. That's that's the huge reckoning bomb. Um, is that going to happen during this pandemic? Maybe if it does, Bitcoin will definitely go through the roof. Yeah. Uh, but but maybe it won't. Maybe you know. Maybe maybe there's more time for, before that happens. Discover Bpro, a token created by Money Unchained that allows you to earn a rent on Bitcoin positions and gain free leverage with MOC liquidity mining. Bpro holders also get MOCs every day. So yes, with a Bitcoin on steroids like Bpro, DeFi is definitely for Bitcoiners. Learn more about BPRO at www.moneyonchain.com slash wolf. Sick of paying ridiculous fees to trade crypto? It's time you try Voyager. It's hands down my favorite place to buy and trade crypto and is 100% commission free. Voyager gives you easy access to more than 50 top crypto assets and you can instantly transfer cash from your bank account so you never miss a trading opportunity. Even better, you can now automatically earn interest on your crypto holdings. Currently, they're offering up to 6.5 APR on Bitcoin and up to 9.5% on USDC. Yes, you heard that correctly, up to 9.5%. And there are no limits or lockups, which means your funds always stay liquid. Find out why so many people are making the switch to Voyager. Visit investvoyager.com or search for Voyager on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and get $25 in free Bitcoin when you use the promo code SCOTT25. That's scott two five. So I'm curious, obviously, your initial interest in Bitcoin in most was, you know, borderless payments and frictionless payments we sort of talked about. 
And the store of value narrative was also there. But now, as you said, the store of value is the narrative. Digital gold, gold 2.0, whatever you want to say. The white paper said peer-to-peer cash, right? Um, do you still view Bitcoin as cash or are you really erring towards the store of value side? Because we have stable coins now and we, you know, there, there are other ways that you can send money quickly with cryptocurrencies. Sure. I mean, the, the white paper is brilliant, right? And what did the white paper accomplish? It, it accomplished the ability to have digital scarcity and censorship resistance. These are, these, these are the two main thing. These are like the two big combined things that was the major innovation of the Bitcoin white paper. Um, the, the actual rhetoric inside of it, um, it's, hard to, you know, it's hard to know whether or not that rhetoric aligned with those two major innovations. You know, Satoshi was brilliant in creating those innovations, but maybe not everything in the rhetoric was correct. Um, you know, I think that, that, that Bitcoin needs to have ways to scale. I don't believe that it's going to be on chain. Um, I think that what you're going to have are secondary layers and you're going to have centralized and decentralized layers, right? Um, and semi-decentralized, right? You got, you got like decentralized layer, like Lightning. You got like a semi-decentralized layer, like Liquid. And I think that actually what's going to prevail uh, mostly is centralized layers. I think that that's going to be the thing. You're going to have your savings account of Bitcoin, your keys, your savings account that you're not using to buy coffee, right? But then you're, you, 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 when you're doing everyday transactions, you're going to probably fill from your savings account into sort of a, you know, a, an account to do transactions. Some people will use decentralized. Most people will probably use centralized. And what does that mean? That means you're going to connect to a credit card. It means you're going to connect to the banks. Um, and, and I've sort of been saying that I, I believe that what's going to happen is um, some, something similar to what happened to gold and, and cash, which is people create digitized tokens pegged by these things, right? So your money on, in, in the Visa network and in the banks, these are, are, are essentially tokens of your cash. No one sure. actually uses cash anymore. Cash right. itself has a semi-decentralized nature to it, not in the printing, but in the holding of it, right? And the, and the spending of it. So that got taken away with these centralized uh, tokens in banks and in on, on credit cards that, are, that were pegged to that cash. Similar things gonna happen with Bitcoin, but Bitcoin just happens to be uh, a, a lot easier to hold, right? If you can't, you can't, you're trying to, to save your dollars, you're, you know, you're putting $100 bills rolled up under your mattress or something. I mean, people don't do that anymore, really. I mean, some people do, but, but in the US, not that many people are doing that. But if you're doing it with Bitcoin, I mean, you just need, you know, uh, your phone or your hardware wallet or, 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 you know, even just a, you know, a paper wallet, right? right. And it stores unlimited wealth um, for your future. And then you just move some money to this, to, to some system so it can work with, you know, the convenience of, of credit cards or of, of, you know, other banking systems. Right. I mean, we're seeing there's a number of debit cards in crypto, obviously, already. We're seeing Visa talk about the space. I know BlockFi is coming out with a rewards credit card and others. So I do think that it's definitely moving in that direction. You just said something that's really interesting. You can have infinite wealth on a paper wallet. That's terrifying to most people, right? <laughs> right. Sure. So, so there's the people who see that and they think, I'm my own bank. Amazing. Nobody can steal my money. 
And then there's the 98 other percent of people who are like, I'm going to lose that piece of paper. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> right. So you touched on earlier that you guys help people with best practices, right? To understand how to secure a wallet, how to secure your assets, all those things. Can you talk a bit about the practically what those best practices are? Yeah. I mean, basically it's all about, it's all about backups, lots of backups. Um, I, so, so, so I'm a big fan of, you know, hardware wallets and, you know, quote unquote paper wallets um, and having backups of these things and actually even having like geographic sure, uh, dispersion sure. of, of, of the backups. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so you have your hardware wallet, which makes it easy for you to do transactions. Right. That's like, you know, five minutes or to, to do, to turn on your computer yeah. and do a transaction and no one's able to take the money from, from you, but you might lose that. What do you do when you lose that? You need a backup. So how do you do that? There are um, now these, you know, metal, metal sheets of paper or like, you know, metal, metal boxes or whatever that, yeah. where you private can store keys. your, your, yeah. your, your, your private keys. And then you probably want at least two of those. You probably want them in different geographical locations. Or I mean, you know, I, a lot of people, they split them in half and one half is in one place, one half is another. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So of course, that's a lot for someone. If you don't have a life-changing amount of money, maybe you don't need to do all of that. But if you're storing all of your wealth, you know, and, and the, uh, on Bitcoin, you, you want to do the, the thing that's best. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, why do you want two different geographical locations? Well, uh, you know, what, what if a natural disaster happens, right? Sure, um, one fire. Yeah, fire, flood. I mean, you know, this is global warming is, you know, and climate change is, is uh, somehow affecting things, right? So, yeah. um, so you know, you, you, you want the, that extra security to know if my house blew away today, uh, I, I, I can, can recover my funds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and also I think, you know, especially as it's every time there's a bull run, you start to hear more about the hacks and the criminals and the crazy attention to it and stuff. And I think that forget even being like an influencer or known person in the space, eventually you're going to talk about it and people are going to find out that like you're a fan of this stuff and it makes you a target to some degree, right? So I think an aspect of it is you also want to make it so you have difficulty sending it if you become compromised to some degree. Like I use Casa, you know, 3.5 multisig my, my stuff's everywhere, man. Like it would, you're going to need a week of kidnapping me to get my funds because we're going to be going on a long trip. It's sad, but you know, and I don't, maybe a lot of people don't want to take that big of a step to, to do it. You know, I get that. So uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I think, I think mo most people, um, are probably not going to put their entire savings in sure. Bitcoin. I mean, you no matter what the asset is, you probably don't want to do that, right? I mean, you sh should actually spread it between different assets. Uh, what you shouldn't do is hold it all in dollars, right? <laughs> that's that's what you shouldn't do because yeah. you are not. I mean, you, you are dollars. You got to buy something. You're yeah. actually losing money if you store it all in dollars, right? Yeah, I always um, joke that dollars are for spending and Bitcoin is for saving. But you can almost say that dollars are for spending and everything else is for saving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most assets, most assets, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, of course, you can, you can, you can, 
try and go full Bitcoin. And, you know, I, it, one of the things that I was just thinking about recently is, is, is um, the concept of, of capitalism. And one of, the, one of the most important parts of capitalism is that it rewards you for taking risks sure. and, and, and choosing the risks correctly, right? Um, so when you're putting everything in Bitcoin, you're taking a risk. You know, I believe that it's the future. A lot of us believe it's the future, but it is still risk. And, you know, if you're taking that risk uh, and the, you, you, you're right on that risk, you're going to be rewarded, right? And, um, you know, from my perspective, the risk is very low. <laughs> I mean, now, now. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that risk has decreased. And now, as we've discussed, there's actual risks to holding dollars as well. It's yeah. not viewed blindly as the only place to just kind of park it and whatever. Listen, when I was a kid, I don't know how old you are, but we had savings accounts and you could earn nine, eight, nine, 10% on your money. So at least you were like fighting inflation by getting interest. That's not a thing anymore. Your dollars get, earn you nothing. So that, that leads me to the next question. I mean, obviously the sort of catch catchphrase of, 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 of crypto right now is DeFi. Right. And there's very many levels. Are you finding, obviously you guys are sending to self-custodied wallets, but do you think that a lot of people now who are taking payments uh, or their paychecks in Bitcoin are then moving it onto, you know, yield bearing platforms? Yeah. So uh, I think that one of the big things that people like from these platforms is they, they want to continue to have exposure to their Bitcoin, but they need something today to, uh, to, to spend on things that you know, don't allow you to spend Bitcoin on. And this is a very popular use case, right? Is, is um, I, don't want my ta- I don't want a tax event on selling my Bitcoin. I don't, I don't want to sell my Bitcoin. So I'm going to, to essentially you know, use it as collateral to, to borrow dollars, but still you know, maintain my my exposure to Bitcoin so that when I finally pay that back, it happens. I think that's a pretty popular use case. Um, we're hearing people who have interest in, in sort of these, these, these deposit um, DeFi things. Um, and, I, you know, I think DeFi is cool. I think that there's a lot of um, risk in DeFi. Uh, that worries me, um, especially like the decentralized loan um, world. Um, so you have you have like centralized, um, you know, crypto crypto loan platforms. CFI, like people like to call it CFI. I mean, Voyager, <laughs> BlockFi, Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the decentralized ones. And, and while the decentralized ones are are, are fun and in concept, I, I'm I'm always worried about. Because because you you have to trust the coders actually it's not totally trustless you 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 you've tr- you've actually just traded your risk of uh um so so you used to have credit risk when you gave a loan right, right? the D, the DeFi solved the credit risk but sure. what you now have is is code risk right? rug pull risk you I mean you also have a bad actor. Like, I mean, yeah. it can literally, you know, depending on the platform, we've seen it hundreds of times in the last year with these smaller platforms and yield farming and all that. I mean, they, they, they can literally just empty the wallet. and Yeah, they, you, can have a ba- you could have a bad actor who, who, coded, who, who coded it. You could have someone who is just not good at coding. Right, incompetent. Coding right. it. it yeah. could have a great heart, but, you know, the, the pers- some other person took advantage of it. 
you know? And then sometimes you don't even need a bad actor to totally screw you in DeFi. I mean, the parody wall, it totally showed that there was just a developer who, who played with some code and locked millions of dollars yeah. away. He wasn't even trying to steal money. Right. right? So, um, so, 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 you know, I think that when you talk, when you're thinking about DeFi, especially the, the, you know, like the true decentralized DeFi, you got to understand that while you are taking away uh, credit risk, you are taking on code risk and you got to be risk. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that it's sort of in its infancy, but that uh, the promise of safe and secure DeFi is game changing for the future. Sure. In my opinion, because people just want, I mean, people want yield, right? I mean, they want yield in a safe way. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 so Bitcoin decentralizes money and, you know, the, the DeFi, the two main decentralization is exchange and loans, right? Um, and what we've found is that decentralization in financial services are valuable, not as valuable as money. I think that's the most valuable, um, but but you know banks are are taking a, a lot of money in, in their structure. You give them your deposit. You you actually loan money to the bank. They give you no right. interest on it, um, uh, on the loan that you give to the bank, and then they and they're they, loaning they, that, and then right. they're and they're, taking, that and they're taking all the interest, right? So what these platforms are basically doing is they're allowing you to get the interest that the bank would 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 be getting, right? Um, and you know right now I think that that uh, there's so much easy access to capital that you can get really high interest rates. I think that over time, sure. it's gonna, the, the interest rates will go down and it'll of be course. probably closer to like what the interest rates are when you borrow from a bank, right? But still. Well, that lends the, lends the question. Well, we've seen the OCC say that banks can custody crypto. We've seen Kraken become bank in Wyoming. We've seen stable coins now will be approved to be a competitor to, to Swift. What happens when the banks just get in on the game and say, we want to do this, forget you guys, <laughs> like, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to take the Bitcoin. We're going to use it as collateral for loans and we're not going to give you your yield. Same system, right? Uh, sure. But it, uh, uh, while, while they'll be able to do that and that, I think that's going to be real competition to um, like uh, the CFI systems, sure. But I think that the DeFi systems won't because why? Because because they they're actually removing that intermediary, so the banks will have to compete. Of course, you know DeFi systems have the cost of the blockchain, which is not nothing, as you can see now. I I I, I actually think that that server costs and, and and data storage costs are more expensive on a blockchain than without a blockchain, but um, but. Uh, so, so that they would have that going for them, but it'll be a, a competing system, right? They'll both exist simultaneously. Um, I think that, that uh, you know, one of the things that people are excited about, which is like the stable coins being able to be used by banks. Uh, I don't think it's that um, exciting really. Um, I mean, I think it's great for Circle. You know, I think that they're they're gonna do great for yeah, USDC, but, right? Sure. But, but I'm not sure if the industry is gonna. The only way I see the industry benefiting from it is if they are actually allowing people to get the stable coins to their own uh, wallets. Self custody, right? If you, if it's just another payment between two banks. Yeah. If if they had if they if they do that, then it's huge. 
And the reason why it's huge is because volatility is not the only barrier to entry for Bitcoin. This whole private public key understanding is a huge barrier. Huge. Um, and if you if your bank is is teaching you how to do it with stable coins, it just you know people are going to learn it, uh, and that would be huge. And then the next step is is okay. I need a hedge against dollars. Let's go to Bitcoin, right? Yeah, you're um, like these are still dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's there's still dollars. At the end of the day, exactly. So 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 I think that that if they do that, which I don't believe they're going to do, but if yeah. they do that, then it would be huge. I mean, I've made the same argument about central bank digital currencies. I mean, we all know one way or another that money's going digital. China's already doing it. Every kind, like every week, another country is exploring a central bank digital currency. I just think that's going to lead people to Bitcoin, right? You're 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 teaching people how to use a wallet. You're teaching them how to accept transactions, and then they're going to go wait this. It's yeah, I mean, just a dollar. it's like if 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 they allow people to 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 learn about private public key cryptography, sounds like an interesting innovation. Are they going to do that? I don't believe no. it. I think no, that- They're going to do like PayPal, like, just go buy it. Just and gonna, it yeah, they're just doing it for like marketing sake, or they just don't understand like what's, what is the efficiency that's being gained here. I mean, the fact that a central bank is, 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 is powering a stable coin, but then it can only be used between the banking, the various banking infrastructures. It's yeah. like, what's the so, point at that point? Yeah. Um, a lot easier to print money and, yeah, and control yeah. and control the money supply if you know exactly where every single dollar is at every given moment hmm. i mean a central bank digital currency is a set is a central bank wet dream right i mean sure yeah but but i guess that's that's that that is an interesting point but again you have sort of a uh, in my opinion a uh, an inefficiency of server and storage processing sure. and you're just going to end up getting centralized silos on top of it anyways and then you're going to lose that you know and then and then there's going to be fractional fractional reserve and then they're just going to lose their 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 that that knowledge i mean yeah i mean it could be it'll it'll probably give them some more transparency but it's not going to be majorly revolutionary so do you think we're approaching a world where everybody wants a piece of their paycheck in Bitcoin or every merchant wants to accept Bitcoin? Or do you think that that's still sort of a pipe dream for now? Um, I think that we're still early. Um, I think that, uh, I think that eventually we will go there. I think that maybe not everybody, I mean, not everyone wants part of their paycheck in gold. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, I, I, you know, we, we, uh, I, I think people do get part of their paycheck in 401k and there's sort of this general understanding of, Oh, I'm saving money here for retirement. I don't understand entirely what it does, you know? Um, and for, that's like, you know, a lot of mainstream sure. feeling on that. Um, and I think that, I think that, that this could be a, a way that people approach Bitcoin in the long term. Um, dollars are not going away. I mean, yeah. it's just not going to happen. Um, so you know, I, I, I think that if it, if it did go away, it's like some sort of massively terrible thing is happening in the world. Yeah, I always check. We're now. like, hooray, we live in a dystopian Hollywood blockbuster. Uh, but but I've like, got Bitcoin to go get uh, water 100 miles down the road with yeah, exactly. Mad Max. Yeah. Not ideal. So, But at this point then, what do you see as the still existing barriers to that main, that level of mainstream adoption or even to a market increase in, in yeah. mainstream adoption. So, so you know, I, I think that uh, it's important to, to, to understand the history of Bitcoin a little bit. You know, I'm very bullish on the inflation story. 
um, not just because of Tim Draper, but because of what we've seen being in, in, in the space you know, as a live company in 2014 and, and me, you know, just learning in 2013 is um, this story of currency, government, economic instability um, causing the pri uh, positive price changes in Bitcoin. So um, if we look at uh, the end, I think it was of 2016, India demonetized uh, its two largest bills. And that was like 80% of all the cash in circulation in India, which, is a ca which was a cash-based based economy. So hugely destabilizing. The price of Bitcoin locally grew 40% compared right. to global. You know, same thing happened in Brazil. I think that was in 2018 when yeah, uh, the president was, you know, kicked out of office for corruption. You know, another, you know, 30, 40, 50% increase in the price locally. Um, in the beginning of the 2017 bubble, which really started in 2016, um, mm -hmm. we were seeing price rising. And one of the huge things that was happening at the time was China was having a huge stock market issue. Um, that, you know, maybe uh, stocks were crashing, growth was slowing down. And at the same time, Bitcoin started its, its price rise. And, um, and you know, there, there are more, more cases of this that I won't go into, but I think that, that, um, that this is happening in the US. It's a slow thing. It's not happening overnight. The destable, people have just lost some trust in the dollar, right? Um, and I think that as people over time realize that fiat currencies um, are not 100% trustworthy, that these are the things that will contribute to, to the growth of, of Bitcoin ultimately. Um, yeah, and I, I want to I want to note because you 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 sort of mentioned that you know at some point the the story was cross border payments and, and now it's it's self sovereignty. Um, we actually do do cross border as well. It's an important part of our business, which is a lot of people globally who are exporting to like the U.S. or or, sure, or sure. Europe or U.K. or whatever, and they're using our system to get um, essentially uh, better better rates. Uh, directly deposited into their accounts, which we use crypto to, to, to help move the money or stable coins or Bitcoin, right? Um, and uh, it, it's still an important use case. It's not just self-sovereignty. It's still an important use case. Right, I guess what I was getting at is just with the other existing coins in the space or technology if Bitcoin is still the best one of the group, you know what I mean? I mean, even XRP is lightning fast to send across uh, borders. I don't want to use it, but <laughs> not about yeah. But it's not it's not about uh, that much speed. Right. Um, people are actually willing to wait. You know, for also for like if you're willing to wait for a wire transfer from Nigeria to the United States for two weeks and hope your money comes in a bank, yeah. then the thirty minutes instead of one minute is not really. A and also, deal. and also, one confirmation doesn't mean shit, right? Um, so. I mean, it means something, but it doesn't mean transaction finality, right? So when you're getting the money in Bitcoin, you know, zero confirmation, you can see that it's coming. And then, you know, you probably want to wait, you know, up to six confirmations to, to wait for it to confirm. And that, and, and, and that transaction finality in time pretty much is the same everywhere. Because sure. if you actually understand how the, how the base, how, how it works, it's, it's, it's it's time. It's mainly time based that 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 uh, does the security because it's you know in proof of work it's electricity based which is bit which is limited through time 
right? right. Um, so, uh, so even if you have confirmations at 10 seconds, you actually have to just wait for more confirmations to have transaction finality. Um, and sure. so people, but people are willing to wait. I mean, you, you, you know, you're talking about, you know, tens of minutes, right? Um, there were times in 2017 when it was like tens of hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man, yeah. I remember those that, days. That, it was that, like, that, it's been two days, man. Is this thing <laughs> right? But like but, you said, you knew it was coming. You could check. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think that, um, that uh, most, most blockchains are not necessarily designed to be that much better in terms of transaction throughput along with security and I was going to say you sacrifice security for speed and I mean that's why yeah. it always comes back to Bitcoin and, and you know the the whole idea of cost I mean it's it's re that's really just a an issue of you know the the capacity that nodes are able to process so either you require you know more powerful nodes which is less decentralization or you know you have the same level of decentralization but you you're, you're limited in, in your transaction throughput that's that's also a trade-off right um and decentralization is security and self-sovereignty right so um so so these are not really the things that that i think matter the most what matters the most is liquidity actually when you're talking about the cross-border stuff i mean if you can't if you can't sell you know a million dollars of you know shitcoin xyz in 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 some country um then then it's useless right um you have to be able to get so, out of it. Yeah. And with Bitcoin, you can do that. I mean, you know, may maybe with Ethereum, you can do that too, right? But, um, you know, someone who, who, who creates, you know, oh, we're going to create like a cross-border, a currency specifically for cross-border, but then has no liquidity, it doesn't, it's useless. Yeah. Um, so true. Does, that, does any of the tether, tether FUD uh, can concern you at all? Um, it doesn't concern me insofar as... Um, like uh, it's going to crash the price of Bitcoin. Right. Um, it does concern me in terms of whether or not we want to offer it to our clients. So we don't yeah. offer Tether to our clients. And, and that's because, well, I believe that Tether actually has a use case because it has liquidity for trading. Um, uh, I just, I'm a little afraid of like telling people that they can store their wealth in Tether. Um, it's just, it's just, so, so uh, right now we, we do USDC. Um, I, I trust their, their system more Same. than the other system. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're educating people, right? They might come to us for Bitcoin, but they, uh, maybe they turns out they need that they want stable coins over their local currency. And then it's like, if we only offer Tether, and they don't know that there is sort of this risk of tether that no one entirely knows if they're fully backed or not dollar for dollar. Um, I'd rather, I'd rather them not have to uh, be exposed to that while it's still uncertain in the market. Right. right. So that, so, so that's why we offer USDC and we're, we're looking at some decentralized stable coins um, as well, because maybe some people want sort of the decentralized, you know, peg. Um, sure. But yeah. So what are you most excited about for 2021 and beyond? But, you know, it's, it's still January. So for, for 2021 in the space in general, stimulus. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm excited for I don't stim feel stimulated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I think that that, that stimulus is going to be a huge uh, boost for Bitcoin, right? Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, and, uh, 
you know, pe- people are actually getting their stimulus checks through BitWage. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, is that, is that right? How's that yeah. work? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it just works the same way as the direct deposit function. You sign up, you get a direct deposit, and you, you use that as, as the, the way to, to receive your money from the IRS. So, um, yeah, people, people are doing that. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, that's, that's really what I'm mostly bullish for. Uh, what, what, and that's why I'm still bullish for price rising this year, right? Um, uh, yeah. you know, e- even when the price was, was crashing on, on this FUD, it's like, okay, it's going to rebound because the fund FUD, double spent FUD has no basis. And from a fundamental perspective, w- there's going to be $2 trillion of, of, of new money going to be printed soon. And that's, gonna, that's just going to increase the price of Bitcoin. People are going to hedge against dollars. So that's what I'm most excited about. Um, you know, once that, once that happens, maybe we'll, stay, we'll, we'll see us. Probably that'll happen. We'll get some sort of really crazy spike. You know, U.S. is going to buy, then Asia is going to buy, and everyone's going to go crazy about it. And then there'll be a big crash. But then we'll probably be stable. And maybe we'll be stable in, in the 30Ks, the 40Ks, the 50Ks. Who, who really knows, right? But, um, but uh, you know, th- this is what I kind of think is going to happen. What are you worried about in 2021? <laughs> what am I worried about? Um, what am I worried about? Let's see. Uh, I am worried about... So, so, you know, a lot of people are, uh, are, are talking about... Um, so this new FinCEN ruling, which you know is is not that great, um, and, and but I think it's going to happen. I, you know, the stable quote. Um, you mean the uh, self custody, the self custody yeah. one, self custody one. I think it's going to happen. The stable coin one regulation is kind of weird. I, I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. But the self custody one is is going to happen. I mean, I, I I think that that ultimately what that's going to do is if you send over ten thousand dollars. Uh, out of any centralized service, they're going to need your social security number and then they're going to report that to the government. And I think sure. that's, just what's, that's just what's going to happen. And I think that that, uh, that, that isn't necessarily an industry killer. Um, it's obviously not, not fun to lose your privacy, but um, I don't think that that's going to totally crater the price of Bitcoin or, or do anything to stop the price of Bitcoin or anything like that. Um, yeah. You know, I guess the only thing that would make me scared is like if, um, you know, some cra- some crazy regulation comes out that's yeah. really going to hurt people, right? I mean, like if uh, if you know you just can't send to to non custodial wallets, or you can't send to smart contracts, or I don't know, some sort of, or you can't receive to your uh, fiat off ramp from. Yeah, another wallet. You've been sitting yeah, on this Bitcoin be, forever, and you there's literally no way for you to get it to dollars or something the, like that. But the thing right. is that that would that would that would definitely hurt the price of Bitcoin because right. the U.S. is U.S. And, and Asia are basically the leaders in, in the global pricing. But um, uh, I don't think that it'll stop people from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that people will will figure out how to use it. It's only going to affect people in the United States and a lot of the 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 real like payment use cases are happening outside of the U.S. Um, but you know I think that that my, my hope is that they do the regulation correct, right? They they do it where people can still be self sovereign. That 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 you know there isn't a, a huge burden on on the exchanges. Um, and right. and that's that. 
uh, who would want to start an exchange if they uh, pass <laughs> pass those yeah, laws? Yeah. I, I think actually, currently, because of the uh, presidential transition, the Biden administration has, for now, frozen all of those proposals. He's, so fro- he's frozen it, but yeah, that does, it's, yeah, it's going to be. It's, it's going to be. Yeah. it's absolutely going to happen. Uh, yeah. Just no doubt in my mind that that at, at a bare minimum, what's going to happen is if you are sending money off in an exchange. Uh, over $10,000, they're going to require your social security number or tax identification number, and they will then report that to the government. Um, For most people that, I mean, it it sucks, but for most people, like you're reporting your money. So whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, For for, for a lot of people, it's whatever. It's a loss of privacy. Um, uh, Hopefully it's not overly onerous for companies to do that reporting. I think that, you know, that, that, that would suck yeah. if you needed like a team of five people to dedicate just to that. Then it's like, you know, some, 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 some companies just can't do that. Can't afford that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, to some degree, I really see the flip side as a bigger risk. Like I said, is if you sent $10,000 to yeah. your exchange to get out and they said, you can't do this, you know what I mean? Or, or that sure. uh, they need it, but it's going to be what it's going to be. So at the end of the day, you're most excited about stimulus and your biggest, I guess, concern is regulation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be any regulation, right? I mean, at least if there is some regulation, they're saying, we're willing to work with you and not ban you, right? So that's right. that's sort of the good side of it. Um, it's just a matter of it being regulation that makes sense that isn't overburdensome. That's, that's the so after this, where can everybody uh, keep up with you guys if they're interested in using the service, if they want to follow you? Where, where, where do we find you guys? Yeah, so our service is just uh, www.bitwage.com. Uh, I, my Twitter is at John Chest. I'm also on Clubhouse. Uh, really loving that app, at Jonathan Chester there. Um, so yeah, sign up, get your wage in Bitcoin, You know, get better international payrolls, all, all that good stuff. So I'll ask you before we're done. So what, what for you specifically, your business and you, what do you see happening over the next couple of years that would be a huge change? Um, so I think that that in the US, this Bitcoin payroll subject is, is, is very hot right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm expecting and I'm hoping for essentially this to become a, a big fad that, that we you know, get to jump on the uh, jump in on, you know, we've been servicing since 2014 and, uh, you know, we, we're the most flexible and, and easiest to use platform. We're the only platform that really pushes self-custody. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that to happen. I'm excited for, for the U.S. To, to really push forward on Bitcoin payroll. Me too. And I hope all these NFL guys and NBA dudes that are talking about it, I hope they all just start buying Bitcoin and taking their paychecks. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Um, give me a lot of hope for, uh, for mainstream adoption for the future. Very excited to see what you guys come up with. And I think that um, quite incredible that you were so early on it, have stuck with it. And now it's really likely going to pay off in a big way. So congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And thank you again. Stop.